Whoa, check out that new intro. That was that was kind of fun. Just trying out something new. I got the wall set up behind me with some fun discs, including some ones that you've seen before that have been up on the wall behind me, including the whole Dynamic Discs Warehouse Kona stamped Justice, whole, all their signatures there. Trilogy Challenge Champion here. Woo, what up? Winner of the Advanced Division, I believe, or Top Division, I, I forget. They, they called it something funky this year. Uh, Sexton Firebird, the Halloween Scream Buzz, I Freed Scott Stokely Wizard with the, uh, yeah, the USDGC Thrower Rock, because apparently it has a defect in it. No matter how much I looked, no matter how many comparable pictures I've looked at online, could not figure it out. But hey, I got it. It looks sweet. Kind of. I mean, it's it's kind of the lighting. I need to fix that. I know, guys. I know. I mean, the lighting on me looks good. And hey, guess what? This. If you're watching this on YouTube, will be the first video uploaded in HDR 4K because it matters so much. Hey, it was an option on OBS that I thought I would try. I mean, why not? It's there. The options there. You could see me in all the glorious full high dynamic range color. We also have oh, talking about this, we got to finish up two more over there. We've got the glow in the dark hydrogen putter and the Nico LaCastro signature adder, <laughs> because why the hell not? We also got Star Souls hanging out over my right shoulder. Depending on how this video gets flipped or not, it may or may not be still your right, but it's my right. It might be my your right or your my right left. Either way, here we are. Hopefully this uploads correctly. If not, I apologize for YouTube and their less than stellar implementation of HDR content on there, but hopefully this all works out. I'm looking at you, lovely audience here. Now, before we get into it too much, we gotta thank our sponsor, Log. What rolls downstairs alone or in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog? What's great for a snack and it fits on your back, it's Log, Log, Log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad. It's good. Everyone wants a log. You're going to love it, log. Come on and get your log from Blamo. There we go. We got our sponsor spot done. Working on some new sponsor spots for the upcoming season because the 2022 DGPT Elite Series, Majors, everything has concluded. It is all over. We're done. See you guys later. See you in February at the Las Vegas Challenge. Thanks for watching. I hope you all enjoyed. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I kid, I kid. Hey. We had an exciting finish to the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship at Nevin, which was a great course for the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. Not a great course for watching and spectating. To be fair, though, I do not put the blame on them. This was a last minute thing. This was a last minute course change, and I think the local club did a fantastic job. I, I, the course, it, it was great. It was awesome. But there's no way in the couple weeks that they had of notice, or at least that we knew that they have notice of, I'll, I'll assume, I'm assuming the best. I, I'll say at most they had two months notice. At most, two months notice. 
in that short amount of time, now that does sound like a lot of time, but remember, all these people in the club are volunteers. They're not paid. This isn't, disc golf isn't their job. This isn't WR Jackson, where you've got plenty of paid people on course there and well over a year to know to how to cut spectator lines in to make things just look better and work better on camera at WR Jackson. At Nevin, they, they could. I'm, I'm sure, well, eh, the city could throw a monkey wrench in it. So let's assume, let's assume everything, everybody is on board and they get the go ahead. They get all the permits they need. They get all the, the red tape, all the bureaucracy. It all breaks in their favor. And they're working with the government. And I hate to tell you, but probably not. Anyways, I believe that there is a phenomenal spectator course there. But as the way it is set up, as the way it was originally designed with the property that they have, it is a great, great disc golf course, not a great spectator course or a great viewing experience. I mean, I was able to watch it for the most part, but there are times where you watch somebody tee off and you're following the disc and they switch to a catch cam and you're just like, where the hell is that? Or you have a little bit of trouble. And this was included with the announcers having some troubles, just like, that's a good shot. And they get up there. Oh, that was not a good shot. Or that was a that was a bad shot. Oh, wow, that's perfect. They are perfectly lined up to hit the next gap. Or, you know, there are plenty of tree kicks, which introduces some randomness into it. And that's fine. But I thought the trees in the fairway were fair. Haha, fairway. Wow. Funny how that works. There were clear, defined gaps. You want to get, you know, up to the landing zone, you have to hit this gap over here. You want to get to that landing zone, you got to hit this gap on the left. You can go forehand to the left, you could go backhand to the right. Either way, you know, and, and obviously it varies on holes, it, it changes hole to hole. But for the most part, very wooded course, except for hole 18, which we saw some excitement, which we'll get into in a moment here. But just continuing on the discussion with that. I thought it was fair. I didn't think, and, and I've played some courses, obviously nowhere near this level. Like the best course I have played, my most favorite course I've ever played was uh, Delwood, Clash of the Canyons. That was a, portions of it were pretty wooded. The gaps, portions of it were pretty tight. If you played the correct OB, there were some really tight shots there, but never did it feel like the trees that were in the fairway felt unnecessary or just in the way or it was a chuck and pray, and which is this is how Nevin felt. Obviously, this is kind of how the, the Pro Tour picked it. One of the reasons. Uh, another obvious reason is proximity to USDGC. If you want the most amount of high level pros to show up and the least amount of complaining, you were going to put it close to USDGC. And it was. But. Yeah, none of the none of the trees. And we've all played those courses where you get out there and you're just like, yeah, I see the first gap I'm supposed to hit off of the the T and it's a backhand hyzer. And somehow for the second gap, it has to turn into an Anheuser shot. It has to flip over. But then 50 feet from that, it better turn into back into a hyzer. And you're just like this, 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 this makes no sense. I am literally just chucking a disc out there and hoping for the best. But at Nevin, again, as I said, it worked out well. 
there were some complaints. There were a few complaints about VIPs and people paying for the VIP experience, which was not cheap, not cheap at all. And people sneaking into VIP areas that didn't pay for it. And there were there was one post on Reddit of one of the spectators, one of the guys who paid a lot of money to get his VIP pass to be able to be upfront. I don't know how many they sold, but to be upfront to be able to see the action clearly when it got flooded by a bunch of people who didn't pay for the VIP experience. And say what you will about that. If you offer that, you better enforce it. They did not, from what I understand, do a very good job of that. Part of the issue is Nevin didn't lend itself as well to keep those kinds of people away. I do think they could have had more marshals, more spectator control. That's one of the things that in an interview with The Upshot, Jeff Spring had mentioned that they do really well is crowd control and spectator and and all that stuff. And in this situation, balls were dropped. Discs were dropped. Discs hit the ground before they meant to. But hopefully, learning experience, things will get better. I, I fully expect that to happen. Now, it is, it is an experience uh, unlike any other. And there were some issues with that. But we're going to fast forward to the end. Well, we're going to fast forward to the middle which was the end of the FPO, where Kristen Tatar won $35,000, setting the all-time MPO-FPO record for most money earned in a season at $103,000 and $103,141. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. She shattered her own previous record total her, her own previous total earnings, which I believe was somewhere around like 30 grand. It was like 30 or 40 grand total up to the 2022 season. All of her pro earnings. Part of that was she was touring in Europe and the purses there are even smaller. You think the purses here are small. The purses in Europe, in the European tour, in the Prodigy tour, and whatever other tours that go on there, significantly smaller than the U.S. So you could say that they're bad here, but they're worse there. Part of that is just smaller amount of people and a different, slightly different philosophy, uh, uh, other economic factors outside of that. However, either way, it doesn't change the fact that the purses there are smaller. This, however, is the most money that any individual has won in a single season. And she did it playing 13 events. 13 events. How crazy is that? She played out of her mind for the entire year, having very few missteps. I mean, look at it this way. One of the major missteps she had was at a major, the first major, Champions Cup, where she gave Paige Pierce the win. She did. Paige Pierce didn't earn it. And I said this way back in May, April, May, whenever Champions Cup was. I said, Paige Pierce didn't earn the major. I mean, she played well, don't get me wrong. Second place. But there at the end on hole 18, Kristen Tatar gave the major, gave the win to Paige Pierce. So come at me. I don't care. Whatever. But it was that's that's how that went down. I mean, it was it was Kristen's to lose and she lost it. However, she did not lose this one. 
she was able to walk this one in. She laid up, she took a bogey on 18, bogey, double bogey on 18, but she had strokes to give. It, it was fine. She had a comfortable lead. She could play the ultra safe shot. Fairway, 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 green, putt, good, go. Here's your check, $35,000 with a sweet looking Pro Tour Championship trophy to add into the whole spectacle of her being the Pro Tour Points Champion. Unfortunately, not going to get the player, the PDGA Player of the Year because the PDGA values quantity over quality. And Paige Pierce has played, I think, a dozen more events. Now, to get the PDGA Player of the Year, you get 100 points for a major win, 60 points for an Elite Series win, and 15 points for an A tier. Paige Pierce has played a ton of events. She's played, I think, close to 30, roughly. And Kristen Tatar hasn't played that much. She, she didn't. I mean, she took off a decent chunk of the season, middle of the season, decent chunk, because of her elbow injury. She rehabbed it. She dropped out of a tournament in Europe because of the elbow injury and came back and was able to finish and go strong. Now, hopefully in this offseason, she can take care of it. Whatever this is, whatever this injury is, she was able to play through it. And one interview that she talked about it with, which she didn't really talk about it all that much, she said that if she takes a day off, um, it actually gets worse. So she basically has played every single day since then. How crazy is that? She's played that much. Now here's the bad news. Kristen Tatar only held that honor of having won the most money of any professional disc golfer for a few hours. Because then Mr. Richard Wysocki stole that title from her because he won on the first. He won first place. He got it on the men's side, on the MPO side. So uh, Kristen Tatar still shattered the record, shattered Missy Gannon's record, and will probably hold the title for most FPO money won in a season uh, for a couple of years. I'm assuming if the prizes at each tournament continue on their upward trajectory, that she won't hold it for very long in a good way, in a way that, you know, it's not that, um, you know, somebody else just beats her out because, you know, they played the same amount of tournaments and whatever. I think somebody is going to beat her out playing. You know, I could see Paige Pierce doing it potentially in two or three years because the purses have just gotten so high that you don't need to take first or second and the occasional third to win $100,000. You can get away with top five finishes or, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood there. Ricky Wysocki wins it in a stunning fashion. Him and Isaac Robinson go down to the end. They end up pushing on hole 18. Ricky birdies it. Birdies it. Absolute stunner of a throw. Just amazing. Gets out there. You think it's not a great shot. Rips an awesome forehand up there. Jams the putt. Ties it up. Everything is all tied. We go back to 18. Why did we go back to 18? We're playing the same hole again. This is stupid. I hear you say. I've read your comments, seen your tweets, watched your posts on Reddit. But if you look at it from a spectator point of view, an entertainment point of view, well, then it makes perfect sense. Now, why does it make perfect sense? I hear you ask. Well, that is because 
they wanted to be able to have all those spectators by the fairway. They wanted to have good camera coverage. They wanted to have all of that right there. And that was really the only open hole on the course. And it set up well. It was a very difficult course. Now, it was pretty exciting to see what happened because Ricky ends up just brushing it again, basically throwing the exact same shot to the exact same landing zone, making the exact same putt in the exact same fashion. That's what it felt like. It looked like there was a glitch in the matrix and we just saw the black cat walk by again. You know, it was his twin brother throwing the exact same shot. It was one Ricky Raisaki just jamming it in there. It was amazing. It was super exciting. I really, it, it like, edge of your seat. I do like the format. I don't know what you guys think about the format. I think there could be some more tweaks that could be done. I think the final round can be eight people, can be a chase and a lead card. Now hear me out on this one. It is exciting for this. However, there's a lot of downtime in between shots where I think the Disc Golf Network has done a great job this year and they've improved so much throughout the year. And I, I have ragged on them this year. I've ragged on them last year. I didn't really rag on them before that because I was not commentating like I am now. But I think they have done a great job being able to, you know, we're showing lead card. Okay, everybody teed off. Here's this great shot from somewhere else on the field. Okay, lead card, someone just threw. Now we're all walking again. Here's chase card. Here's something happening there. Okay, chase card's done. We're going back. Oh, hey, did you see this crazy shot from this dude that teed off at, you know, 9 a.m.? And it's now 12 p.m., 11 a.m.? It's hours after that. But did you see this crazy ace run he had on this hole? Here you go. Oh, hey, look, we're ready to see uh, Ricky putt. Oh, hey, we're looking at whoever. So on and so forth. And they were able to do that with the men and the women. This time, you only had the four people going. And that did not do well in terms of pace. I, the coverage was as good as it's been all year. Could there be improvements? Yes. I think overall, though, they did a pretty good job. In this format, though, I, not so much. Not so much is, is my opinion. But going forward, I think that's something they can learn. And the Disc Golf Pro Tour and Disc Golf Network is not afraid to admit, or maybe not totally admit but they're okay with throwing things out there and going all right you know we are going to change this up i think moving to two cards for the final day will help this product on top of that you could get more people out there to watch because there's a higher likelihood of those top eight people being the top eight that people want to see or you get that nathan queen story you get that Nathan Queen from last year in there and just like, look at the Cinderella run. It's a very possible thing. You could, you basically could double the amount of people there for both the men and the women. You really could. So instead of 32 people at the beginning, you can start with 64 and then whittle that down to the final eight and the elite eight because, you know, it's, it's different. I do like how you have your ability to, that, how it resets every time. So you can't build up this. You can't just pop off one day, shoot a 10 down where I've, everybody else is shooting three down and then just kind of ride that out. You can shoot that 10 down. That's great. Guess what? Tomorrow, everybody's tied at zero again. Good job. You probably shot the hot round on the weekend. I mean, depending on the course. But 
you get what I'm saying. You pick it up when I'm putting down. I think, I think that is one way where they could improve it. And again, outsider perspective, I don't run tournaments. I don't run tournaments nearly at that level. That's for sure. I don't, you know, I'm not production guy, but I'm, I'm looking at it as an entertainment value. Purses could stay about the same. You could restructure things again a little bit. They would need a little bit more money. And maybe the winner doesn't take, maybe the winner again next year, instead of it jumping up again from 30 to 35, stays at 35, but you're paying out more people. You know, you get one through four again, and then five through whatever gets, however it was structured out before, you know, logistics, whatever it takes to get the people to show up. And speaking of whatever it takes to get the people show up, did you know there's big money skins going on right now? There's a play-in event at Eagle's Crossing. And speaking of Eagle, guess who's showing up? Eagle McMahon. He skipped USDGC. He skipped the Pro Tour Championship. I think he would have moved to the play-in, just given the fact that he didn't play that much. I, could, I can't remember if he, he was going to start at the quarterfinals or the play-in. Either way, skipped it. Hey, I'm going to rehab. I'm going to come back in Vegas and just be lights out. I'm going to rehab. I'm going to come back stronger, better, faster, stronger than ever. I'm going to be awesome. Eagle McMahon of old. Ah, that guy was a scrub. I'm going to make him look like a scrub is what Eagle McMahon said, not your host, Joe. And because that's, there's no way. Even injured Eagle McMahon, I'm probably not going to beat. I mean, there might be a chance if he DNFs, but... It's, kind of a crap way to win if you really think about it you know i won by default you know he was third he is first it's cal naughton jr Ugh. so he's showing up definitely getting an appearance fee for that one he has a chance to win fifty thousand dollars there's a ton of people playing today it's going to get whittled down it's basically a tournament where at the end there you know the winner gets 50 grand plus whatever skins it's interesting. I had like, I'd like to think I keep my finger on the pulse. I don't know if I just happened to tune out during all the disc golf network commercials. If I happen to miss out on all the tweets, miss out on Reddit, miss out on Facebook and Instagram. Somehow all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, big money skins. I, I heard about it like last week and then kind of forgot about it because it was mentioned in passing. And then listening to another show and they're like oh yeah big money skins is happening and i'm like oh yeah so do you want to watch it 15 dollars. that i'm not 100 percent certain gk pro is putting it on and in combination with them and eagles crossing they're bringing in a traditional sports coverage broadcast setup they are laying cable all over to run straight to the cameras they're going straight into a truck beamed to a satellite back to the earth and into your eyeballs but it's not free you have to go to uh discgolflive.com missed opportunity on discgolf.live but that's probably already taken if not maybe i'll have it by then if it's not i would assume that they would have bought it by then however i digress let's get back onto the topic i think so i see this going one of three ways one absolutely amazing and blows disc golf network out of the water and everybody goes why the hell am i paying for dgn we got to get these guys on more often option number two 
Dear Lord, what did I just watch? That was awful. It looked so pretty, and it was pretty awful. I mean, I don't know. Are these general sports people that just come in, you know, do local college stuff, you know, small time, double A baseball, G League or D League or whatever, basketballs, whatever is called, you know, is it that kind of stuff? Or do they know golf? Do they know professional stuff? Can they can they get it in? I'm not saying that the product will look bad. I'm saying visually it will be amazing. Visually, it will be probably some of the best stuff we will see all year. Third option. It's not going to be, oh my God, amazing, awesome. It's not going to be, oh my God, that was awful. What did I watch? Why did I pay $15? It's going to be, hey, they did this, this, and this good. And they did this, 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 and this pretty bad. And these couple things somewhere in the middle. And I think Disc Golf Network is, is going to take notes and just go, hey, all right. So they did this, this, and this really well. Can we do that or can we do something similar to get us on that track? Because, because if we look at it, part of the issues that we have with video quality from Disc Golf Network is how they transmit the video. So it goes from the camera compressed through a cell phone tower to the control room over the Internet, all compressed. They take it, they mix it, it gets compressed again through Vimeo and YouTube, depending on the day. Vimeo and or YouTube, I should say. And then it comes out. And video compression, if any of you have any idea, like without you, just take a video on your iPhone and then upload it to YouTube. And you will be astounded at the, you're like, wait, this, this is the same video I uploaded? Trust me, the level that I am trying to do here in my amateur, in my very easy, I'm sitting still, I'm in a light-controlled room, I'm just recording straight to a computer, versus what Disc Golf Network does, I, they do a great job. And I, you know, because I pay them money, I want it to be even better all the time. YouTube is free. So, you know, you get what you pay for kind of setting. Saying, um, on top of that, you know, this they're laying fiber all over the place, which is... They're also paying a lot more money for this. They're paying a couple hundred thousand dollars easy to get this broadcast crew out there. So it better be good. Disc Golf Network doesn't do that. For better or worse, you know, you say what you will. That's how it's going. So, yes, it'll be rather interesting to see how this turns out, to see what we can learn and how Disc Golf Network can improve. I don't think that paying the $15 for one tournament is worth it, in my opinion. Now, you get a watch party together and you do, you know, a couple people, you know, four or five people, three bucks a person. Okay, not too bad. I got burned last year with USDGC and I thoroughly regret buying the pay-per-view coverage for USDGC last year. This year, it was included and I was okay with that. I was, I was very okay with all of that. Now, this is up to you. But I don't see them making enough money off of this from the subscriptions to really make it worth it again. I don't know. You guys, you got to let me know what you think for that. Uh, that's that's kind of that, I think. I think that's where we're at. I think we're in a good place right now. I think those are all the topics that I wanted to cover here. But, um, oh, yeah. 
Uh, duh. Forgot the whole first round Sarah Hokum debacle. What happened there? Was it because Sarah Hokum had the tiebreaker. So all she had to do was make that putt and she laid up. Maybe. Now, I've heard some pros talk that there are putts that they've thrown that end up looking like a fantastic layup and they were totally a full send. I've done it myself. I've done it in tournaments where, you know, I'm at, you know, 40 feet, we'll say. And I'm, you know, somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly, you know, but I'm going there and I throw it and it ends up sliding perfect. It's a tap in putt. And everybody's like, wow, such a great layup, such a good play. And I'm sitting there going, that was a run. And it just kind of fell out of my hand. Now, is that what happened to Sarah Hokum? Maybe. She's human. She's a pro. Mm, Who knows? Honestly, she might not have known the score, to be completely honest. She probably thought she was cruising it in. She just does that, taps it in, and we're good to go. But whether there was an error on the scoreboard, whether there was an error on UDISC, which we've seen that before. Things have changed. You know, look at look at what happened to Paul Macbeth and how the scores changed multiple times on a on a walk. And he's like, am I how am I doing? Do I need to run this putt? Do I need to hold off? What's 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 the dealio? And now I'm not blaming. I'm kind of blaming UDISC, but I'm not I'm not blaming UDISC the app because that updates really fast and really well. It's the volunteers that we got to do it that might put something in wrong. Now, I think they need to kind of update and standardize. Obviously, it's going to be rather difficult to have someone, you you know, you get these local volunteers that'll do it, and that's awesome. However, I think what they need to do to implement to help solve a lot of these issues is just go, okay, hole one is done. Paul Macbeth, I got you to three. You got a three? Three. Perfect. Ricky Wysocki, three. Perfect. Gannon Burr, two, two. Perfect. Eagle, three. You got a four? Okay, four. My bad. Whoops. Okay. Just call out, call out the scores right at the end of the hole. Do it on your next walk. Do it while you're waiting on the tee box. And you could just go, just, just set that precedent. Just go, all right, as a UDISC volunteer, all of you are going to do this. And we're just going to set this at Las Vegas. We're going to start at LVC and just go, every UDISC volunteer, this is what you're going to do. This is it. And then that gets burned into the player's mind. And so at the end, you know, you know, Paul's walking away and he goes and he, you know, says, yep, four, throws you four fingers or whatever. Maybe he gives you two fingers. I don't know. (laughs) Depends how the whole went. He might only just give you two fingers, regardless of how many he actually, how many strokes he actually took on the hole. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't strike me as Paul. That might be a Nico thing. Whoa, hot take. I know. But he, hey, he's coming back for Las Vegas. That's going to be. That's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what happens. I really hope he changed. But obviously being on 18 months probation, very short leash, very, very short leash. So I hope that whatever mental strategies he's come up with are working for him. I hope that everything kind of goes there. I know we kind of meandered. We were in and out, up and down, under the bridge, over the bridge, water to the left of the bridge is OB. I don't know. Talked about a whole bunch of stuff here. But I think that does it for the show. So thank you all for watching. I appreciate all of you. I really do. Thank you for watching, listening all the way to the end there. If you did, you know, hit that like button. If you did, if you got all the way to the end, 
you didn't get all the way to the end, well, you're not hearing this anyway. But I still appreciate you no matter how much you watch, whether it's 10 seconds or the whole 33 minutes or so, give or take. So thank you all for watching. Remember, if you get a great tree kick, to thank Treesus. And if you get kicked deeper into the woods, well, you have to repent and reflect because you have transgressed against Treesus. Thank you all for watching. And as always, I've been Joe, you've been awesome, and I can't wait to see you all in the next video.